Chapter 16 of the Boy Scouts on Sturgeon Island. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by P.J. Rabusky. The Boy Scouts on Sturgeon Island by Herbert Carter. Chapter 16. Hurrah! shouted Bumpus, who had been worked up during the struggle between his comrades and the greed of the elements that he had hardly taken the time to breathe. Davy and Step Hen, too, seemed ready to throw up their hats and cheer with exultation because of their wonderful deliverance from continued perils. All of them were pretty well soaked, though it had not rained at all, so that their bedraggled condition must have come from the water that was in the air, and an occasional wave that slapped over the boat when it broke. Although they had apparently secured a firm grip on an anchorage, and it would seem as though their present troubles were over, Thad did not sink down like his two fellow laborers to pant and rest up. He proceeded to scramble aft, for he had made an alarming discovery, and wished to start an investigation at once. The boat sat much lower in the water than he had ever known it to do, and this circumstance seemed alarming. One look into the cabin told him the reason— nor was Thad very much surprised to find it was already knee-deep in water. "'How did this come in here, fellows?' he asked Davy and Step Hen, who from their positions might be expected to know. "'Did you notice many waves pour over the stern of our boat?' Uh, "'No, no, hardly any water came in at all,' Thad replied, Step Hen, astonished when he came to look into the partly submerged cabin for himself. She kept riding like a duck, and was ahead of the waves most of the time.' was the testimony Davy added, which might be set down as the first words of praise given to the little craft thus far during the cruise. "'Why, goodness gracious, Dad, we must be sinking!' bellowed the amazed Bumpus, also craning his fat neck the best way he could in order to peer into the cabin. "'Just what she is doing,' replied the scoutmaster composedly, because they were now in comparatively shallow water, out of the reach of the storm. And it did not matter so much what happened after this." "'Sprung a leak, maybe,' suggested Giraffe, joining the group. "'Wouldn't be surprised if that was what happened,' Alan added, as he, too, took a survey of the flooded interior. "'Then, like as not, she'll go down right under us after a bit, Thad,' explained Bumpus, in a new excitement as he contemplated the distance still separating them from the point of the island, and mentally figured whether he could float to safety with the life preserver on, and one of his chums towing him. "'She will, and that's a dead sure thing,' Giraffe told him. We ought to get her in closer before that happens, hadn't we, fellows? Step Hen wanted to know. We've got to try that same and right away, declared Thad, as he stopped to once more pick up a push-pull. Here, you, Step Hen and Davy, take hold in our place, because you're fresh and ought to do better work, Giraffe marked, as he thrust his pull into the hands of the former. Now, under ordinary conditions, Step Hen might have wanted to know by what authority the lengthy scout presumed to order him around, when they were of the same rank in the patrol. But he realized the force of what Giraffe had said, and hence accepted the pull without a murmur, starting to work immediately, while Davy did the same with the one Thad allowed him to take. "'When you get the boat part way up toward where the anchor holds,' observed the scoutmaster, "'we'll drag the mud hook in and stand ready to throw it out again. By pulling on the cable after the anchor gets a firm hold on the bottom, it's possible to claw the boat along foot by foot. I've done that same many a time, and it'll help out more than a little.' They speedily found that Thad spoke truly, and under the influence of poles as well as the anchor drag, the Chippeway Bell began to approach the shore, much to the delight of Bumpus. 
when the fat scout, closely observing the setting poles as they were dipped repeatedly into the water, discovered that they struck bottom in a depth of not more than four feet. He was ready to shout with joy. That meant it could not be over his head, and if the worst came, he might wade to land. Despite the fact that their vessel was a wreck and about to sink, the boys had no desire to complain just then. Their escape from threatening danger had been too recent for them to feel ungrateful. Later on the grumblers would no doubt start to work in their customary way, and find cause for venting their disgust because things did not come out as they might have wished. But even Giraffe was bubbling over with satisfaction when he realized that they had actually managed to cheat the storm after all. It had been a close save, however, and only for that bright thought on the part of Thad, they might at that very moment have been drifting far away, with their boat slowly but purely sinking, despite all the bailing they could accomplish. But then, what was the good of Scoutmasters if they were not able to do the thinking for the crowd? The reckless giraffe would possibly have said, if the question had been up to him. Everybody was working like busy bees. Even Bumpus tried to assist in hauling at the cable, having moved forward when the boat was no longer pranced and bobbed on the agitated sea like a skittish horse. Of course, as the water was coming in so fast, the cruiser was bound to presently strike the bottom. But it was the design of Thad to work her in just as far as possible, for as they had a block and tackle aboard, he hoped they would be able to make some sort of rude ways where she might be hauled out later on, patched up, and their interrupted cruise continued. Stuck fast, Thad. She's on the bottom, and no use straining to try and get her another inch toward the shore, announced Alan presently, and all of them realized that he spoke the absolute truth when he said this. Well, remarked Bumpus complacently, we are on the wreck of our noble ship and close enough to shore to salvage all our possessions, which I consider the greatest of good luck. Who'll carry me on his shoulders now? Strange to say, nobody offered to undertake this task, where Bumpus pretended to feel very much not hurt, though in reality quite merry. I was afraid you'd all speak at once and have a quarrel over the honor, but looks now like I might have to do the grand waiting act myself, holding up my clothes, bag, and blanket to keep from getting the same more soaked than they are now. If we could only make a raft like old Robinson Crusoe did, it would be fine. Can we get this cabin roof off, and would it float, do you think, Thad? We'll wade, replied the scoutmaster grimly, and that settled it. The sooner the better, remarked Giraffe, because night's going to drop down on us right early today, and we ought to have a warm fire start somehow, so's to dry us off for Giraffe had the utmost faith in the fire being able to do about nearly everything necessary to the good cheer of mankind, because he fairly worshipped a jolly blaze. Indeed, as most of them had commenced to shiver already, owing to their wet condition and the stress of excitement under which they had been recently laboring, the thought of sitting before a comfortable fire did seem to buoy up their spirits amazingly. Get ready to slip over and go ashore, ordered Thad. I'll take the anchor cable with me and see that it's made fast to a rock or a tree. We may find a chance to mend the boat, and anyway, it's just as well that we try and keep her here, though if the winds whip around, no cable would hold her, I reckon. Giraffe was the first to drop over. The water hardly came above his waist, but then his height was responsible for this, and cautious Bumpus did not deceive himself on that account. Still, he found that he could easily wade, and in a short time, all of them had reached the friendly rocks. Here, Thad made the rope secure. I'm going back for a few more things, and you might come along with me, Alan, the scoutmaster remarked. 
I reckon you think there's a pretty good possibility that the wind will veer around sooner or later, and that the old tub won't be in sight when morning comes, Alan remarked, as he pushed out alongside his chum. Chances ten that way, was the replied Thad, and anyhow, it's better that we all get all the supplies we have ashore. Then, if we have a chance to play Crusoe for a while, we'll have something to go on with. Our stock happens to be pretty low, remarked Alan, and Giraffe was only this morning complaining that he didn't get enough to eat, and that we better stop off somewhere to buy more bacon and bread and such things. Too bad we didn't think of that when near Duluth, which place you want to avoid because of certain reasons. They made the trip without accident. Then it was considered that about all had been taken from the stranded and half-sunken cruiser that was worth salving. Already was Giraffe hunting for some good place where they might find shelter and start a fire. For a while, it had not rained as yet. Strange to say, a flood was likely to come down at any moment so long as the heavens remained as dark as they were still. Bumpus was looking all around. He did not wander away from the rest because it seemed as though that mysterious island on which they had been cast might be inhabited by wild beasts of prey for all they knew, ready to spring upon a nice, juicy morsel like him and make a meal. That was one of the disadvantages of being plump, Bumpus always insisted, because envious eyes were wont to fall upon him first of all. About that time, Giraffe hove in sight again, and from his happy manner, it was evident that he had important news to communicate. Just shoulder your packs, fellows, and come with me, he hastened to tell them, I've run across the boss place for us to keep under shelter, and there's a plenty of nice dry wood handy, so we can lay in a supply before it rains. After all, it strikes me that with our troubles, we ought to be thankful things ain't worse than they are. With a fire, a fellow can do nigh anything to make you feel good. Come on. End of chapter 16. Recording by P.J. Rabusky.